Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is uh, Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And, uh, man, glad to be talking to Brian Davis, um, who is now, I mean, a longtime beat man on University of Texas at the Statesman, great writer there at the Dallas Morning News, and is now um, helping in crisis communications, senior manager, by the way, at the University of Texas at Austin. Brian, it's uh, it's fun to get to talk to you again. I've missed talking to you because you went over to the university side. But, man, today we're celebrating uh, Texas Rangers. Um, we got this World Series parade. I mean, you spent a lot of time in Arlington, Texas. You love a good parade. Did you get caught up in the, the Rangers mania? Have you been enjoying – this uh, this run to the team's first world championship. Well, I mean, who doesn't love a parade? First off, I mean, come on, you know, right? <laughs> we all love. Uh, you know, it's funny. I I did get caught up in it because I, uh, I I tweeted about this. You know, Rangers baseball was pretty much one of the first uh, pro sports that I really came about to know what it what it was. Right when I was. Little, little little B. Davis growing up there in Forney, you know, in the heart of Kaufman County. And so, um, you know, Jim Sunberg, Buddy Bell, Pete O'Brien, Toby Hara, uh, Tom Grieve, all that, you know, those are all people that are like define my childhood. And it was all narrated by Mark Holt and Ed Nadell pretty much. And so, yeah, I mean, to see that, to see them finally get over the, get over the hump, um, I can no longer dog cuss Nelly Cruz for that dog effort he gave chasing them the ball in right field um, during during that during that game. Uh, that's now that's now gone, and so it's nothing but nothing but sunshine and roses for ye old Rangers. <laughs> well, it is fun. I'm trying to imagine um, a little B B Davis um, there in forty. 40- <laughs> That would have been right down the road from where I grew up in Kaufman. I've known you as kind of big Brian Davis, man who had set a pick. We had some good times out on the basketball court in the past. Um, But, uh, yeah, I – and and by the way, are you – this this whole – this new gig, I mean, it is interesting because you deal with breaking news probably still, but you do it from a different side. You've got to kind of handle, okay, how do we – kind of handle and and you strategize how to respond to some of these things as a university has it been like a fun has it been a difficult transition what do you miss sometimes you know out there trying to i bet you don't miss those like three in the morning a player got arrested or or in well yeah not to bring up a bad subject but a coach gets arrested I bet you don't miss some of that, right? <laughs> well, believe it or not, there's still a call at three in the morning, no matter which side <laughs> of the fence you're on. <laughs> right? You know, like like I I like to tell people, um, yeah. I'm I'm an arsonist who became a firefighter. Right? That's that's really what interesting. It, that's really what it boils down to. Um, no, it's been fascinating. You know, a lot a lot of folks ask me how was the transition? Did, did you miss sports and all that? And you know, and I'd be lying. The first few months, I did. But I'm over a year now into this new new role, and we have a lot of things going on. You know, University of Texas obviously is a 
it's a small city of 75,000 people, you know, showing up every single day, 53,000 students, um, and the rest are administrative faculty and staff. And Matt, you would be surprised. You, you might be surprised. We've got some people on campus who like to cause mischief, right? <laughs> that might surprise you. We've got some people who, who like to stir up trouble. Oh my goodness! I cannot even imagine that. It just and I and I like the city, the small. I've never thought of University of Texas is like a small town. I you know I I uh, but I like I like where you're going with that. Now, Bob Knight passing away, boy, you talk about bringing back memories. That had to uh, a lot of things came flooding back to you. You were on that beat. I remember when we were both at the Dallas Morning News and you moved out to Lubbock. And I got to say, I'm thinking, what in the world is Brian doing? I mean, this is and it was a it was a good opportunity in a lot of ways to get on a, a major beat. And, and Bob Knight became his own like huge beat. Uh, and of course, then Leach was a huge thing out there as well. But it was really the thought was to send a writer out there to be there with Bob Knight and to cover him, cover his program. And you, you, I mean, that, that, that had to be, it was a big challenge, a fascinating time, but what was your, your thought when the, when the passing of Bob Knight? Um, I'm, I'm just sure you had a lot of memories come flooding back, but overall you knew you were around this huge icon almost on a daily basis. Um, and you knew it at yeah. the time I bet that was the first time you got around Bob Knight. Was that just surreal to be at a press conference asking Bob Knight questions? Well, I'll tell you the very first time that I met him um, was at the uh, the barbecue place that's there in, in downtown Dallas where we have all these giant events, that giant banquet hall. The name escapes me at the moment. Eddie Dean. Eddie Dean. Eddie Dean. There yeah. you go. Eddie Dean. And um, – Texas Tech had a big alumni event, and this was basically Bob's introduction to all the Dallas, Texas Tech folks. And so I had gone. Um, I had just been named the you know Texas Tech writer. And people, you know, people nowadays can't really fathom this, but at that time, you know, Texas Tech had always had Daryl Richards, who flew back and forth from Dallas to, to Lubbock and all that. And um, but but Texas Tech had never had a person living in Lubbock. Yeah. from the Dallas Morning News covering them, like they did A&M in, in Texas. And so Tech thought this was an unbelievably huge thing. And and um, I'll never forget Gerald Myers, the athletic director uh, then, um, you know, he, he says, well, you know, come to this event. Meet, you, you can meet Coach and everything. Yeah, okay, great. So uh, I walk up to him. I'll never forget this. I, I said, hey, Coach, I'm, um, I'm Brian Davis. I'm the new Texas Tech beat writer. Uh, for the Dallas Morning News. Are you any good? And I said, well, I, I'd like to say, I said, I'd like to think so, or they, or they wouldn't have put me on your beat. No, 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 that's not what I asked you. Are you any good? And I said, I said, yeah, I, I think so. He goes, well, I'll be the judge of that. And turns around and walks off. And, and, we, and we were off and running. So, um, I mean, I could regale you with a, with incredible stories of getting yelled at, uh, you know, at a at a volume ten where he ripped the knob off and just let me have it in his office. Uh, but that was just part of the deal. I would say that over time, um, I 
truly believe that I came to earn his respect uh, because he he genuinely respected those who sort of stood up to him, right? Mm, um, mm, the people yeah. that could not or would not stand up to him or cowered in him or cowered to him, you know, sometimes he would run them over, and that that's just that's just who he was, and so he was just that type of personality. And um, for me, I liked it. I, I liked the sparring, you know, back and forth, and and the reason how I knew. Um, well, there were a couple different things, a whole, a whole series of things, but, but when I stopped covering the beat, um, I ran into him at, at a big 12 media day the following year. And I walked up to him and he looked at me and he says, well, hello, Brian, how are you doing? And I'm just telling you for a reporter, he does not use your name. Okay. And for, and for him to call me by my name, that's when I, uh, that was really the final point where I like, yeah, this. Me and this, me and this guy are fine. Me and this guy are all right. So, but we we ate dinner. We ate well. It wasn't dinner. We ate breakfast in Love Field one time. We were both waiting on planes, and he goes, "Come on, let's go eat." So okay. So remember, remember the old Phillies and the old Love Field where it was right there on the corner of where yeah. you turned to walk down to the gates. Yeah. So night and I are sitting. Night and I are sitting there. Coach and I are sitting there, and and uh, some person runs up to us. And, Oh, coach, my my husband is loves you so much. Can can he get an autograph? Well, you know, I don't really have a pen. I said, I said, hey, coach, here you go, here you go. Here's a pen. Here's a pen. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Who do I make it out to? Blah 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 blah. blah. Okay, all right. Thank you. Have a have a nice day. Five minutes later, another person walks up to us and he says, Oh, coach, you're the best. I just love you so much. Blah blah blah. Can I can I get an autograph? He says, You know, I don't. He says, I don't. You know, I don't have a pen. I don't have a pen. And I said, oh, hey, hey, coach, here you go. Here's a pen. Here's a pen. Oh, okay, okay, fine. You know, to whoever, blah, 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 blah. And, and then the second group walks off, and he looks at me. He goes, Brian, I've got a pen. I don't need a pen. I don't want to do this right now, okay? <laughs> okay, coach, sorry. <laughs> I did not know. We're not, we're not doing autographs right now. Okay, my, my apologies. My problem. So, you know, it's just, it's just a deal. It's just a thing. You know, he he. Um, I, I saw a lot of the the re- people talking about it on Twitter and everything else. You cannot deny his basketball mind um, and how he thought of the game, uh, what he tried to teach me as a young reporter, and what was important about college basketball and what wasn't. Um. And some of those things have set with me. They set with me for 20 years of journalism, for sure. Um, but just just a fascinating character. And so, like I, I posted on Twitter, you know, my condolences to his wife Karen, uh, Pat, and his sons Pat and Tim, because uh, you know it's a very unique family. Yeah, I was just watching that Steve Alford, Bob Knight. I'd kind of forgotten about that interview. Poor Frashilla. Wow, you talk about tiptoeing into something and just getting lit up, um, and he could do that to people. Now, the one where he turned the volume all the way up, was. do you remember? I'm sure you remember it. Which one? Like, what, <laughs> Which one? Well, yeah. like, yeah, what, what, was the, what was the angriest he was with you, and, and what, was, what, what bothered him the most? Is it when, I mean, obviously you were out there trying to break news, trying to report things, but, like, what did – I mean, and and there were probably times when you tried to go to him for a comment on something, and maybe you know, I don't, I wouldn't think he's the easiest guy to reach. Like, what irritated 
Bob Knight the most in in a in a beat writer because uh, I, I, w- I would I would think yeah I mean I can imagine there are different routes you could have gone but does one stand out to you uh, particularly? Well, I mean, the the most he the, the angriest he ever got at me was in, involving Alford. Believe it or not, it, it was it was around that that Iowa Texas Tech game that they played in Dallas. Okay. Um, I I went into the coaches. I went into the to the locker room and into the coach's office, and everybody was in there. Chris Beard, Les Furtick, Pat Knight, the whole all of everyone was in there. Everyone was pin drop silent watching film, because like, that's just how it was. And uh, <laughs> how can I help you today? Well, Coach, I'm writing about Iowa. We've got the big Iowa game coming up. You know, what keeps on about Iowa? Well, they're a good team, and da-da-da-da-da, and everything starts off normal, you know, normal back-and-forth Q&A. And I said, I said, you know, Coach, I know that there is a misperception out there about you and Steve. I know that what's out there is not true, and I know that you guys are really friends and – it's 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 totally wrong and i'd like to write about that so what you know what could you what do you think about your relationship with steve and how it's evolved over the over time well you know brian steve is was a mix, excellent basketball player and he did this and that da, 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 da. and then he just kind of stopped and paused and pause. I can't believe It's just going just berserk on me. He sees my tape recorder and he says, How do you erase that? And I said, Let me show you, coach, right here. He, you know, he goes, It's erased, it's erased, coach. He, he, he pulls the tape recorder, he takes out the batteries and he throws it at me. Here, take this. I'm just sitting there going, Coach, fine. Of course, I'm writing all this down. He's cussing at me and yelling at me. I'm getting all this chicken scratch down. And, and uh, some of those quotes goes into the story, believe it or not. Um, but uh, but <laughs> he calms down and he's like, uh, he's breathing hard. Uh, uh. And I said, Coach, can I ask you some more questions about Iowa? He goes, No, we're done. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> I just went okay. Well, I'm out of here, <laughs> and that's my time, right? So it was just, oh my gosh. So it's just, it's just funny how Indiana topics and and uh, Steve Alford mm-hmm. and all those types of things, because uh, clearly, clearly, you know, Indiana means a lot to him, and and, and Steve Alford means a lot to him, and um, uh, so so that was. <laughs> that was that was funny. And then there were other times too where I had to kind of talk him off the ledge about certain things. It's like, hey, it's going to be okay. Just, hey, no, I'm asking you about this. You know, yeah. You know, it's a calm down. Calm down. It's okay. You know, right? So that's just I how saw it works. You know, it's, like, it's, like, it's like you're handling, uh, you're handling yeah. uh, you know, plasma that's going to set off an atomic bomb. You just got to know how yeah. to handle it. He didn't mellow like a lot of people do. Now, maybe in his later, later days, or maybe at ESPN he did. But, um, you know, I – he got mad at Scott Drew. You remember that? I don't know if you ever asked oh, him yeah. about that, but he he wouldn't. And he and even in doing TV, he wouldn't mention his name. He did Baylor games, and like AC was his favorite player ever. Basically, he loved AC for Baylor. And to Musburger's credit, Musburger loved Scott, and would talk mm-hmm. about you know Scott and how great the Drew family and oh man, this is awesome. And Bob 
like would not say Scott's name look over some you know dumb recruiting deal that had happened about the mm-hmm. McDonald's All Americans and went back to I don't know 2008 or 2009. But boy, Bob, if you crossed him, he just he you know oh he had his principles. I mean honestly, he yeah he was a bully. He was brilliant in a lot of ways. He was all these things, right? We can't say, well, he was this and he was that, or he was all bad or all good. He was just, he was a complex type guy. And uh, I, I can't he, imagine he, like being his kid or like being his wife. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, we, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, comp- <laughs> a very complex, unique individual who came yeah. from a fascinating upbringing, um, you know, a military upbringing. He coached at West Point, obviously. Um, you know, and the, and the thing that I've always said is that it's just he is truly from another time. You know, when it was it was different. It was just different. And you know, if anyone tried to coach like that now, they'd be run out. You know, I mean, I one of the most interesting comments I saw was that you know someone said someone said Bob Knight was canceled before anyone knew what canceling really meant talking about his his exit from Indiana. Yeah. And I you know and that that's kind of right, you know. Um yeah. What 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 was that salad bar deal that happened out there in Lubbock? Didn't wasn't there like some guy he didn't like like an administrator and they were like at a in a grocery it, store well, salad bar or something like that? Yeah, it was the Chancellor at Market Street on 50th and 50th and Quaker. Yeah, I I remember that very vividly. Um, I'll never, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you the story, how it was told to me through the eyes of Gerald, Gerald Myers, Gerald said that, that the chancellor, David Smith came up to him in the grocery store and said, you know, you know, you know, coach, uh, you know, coach Knight's been, been doing great here lately, great attitude teams doing really well. And, and, uh, you know, he's, he's really learned how to control his temper. And Gerald says to him. Well, why don't you go over there and tell him yourself? That oh, sounds no. great. Go tell him yourself. To which I said, Gerald, why did you, you're leading the lambs to slaughter? What are you doing? Right? <laughs> and so, so David Smith walks over tonight and talks about talks about coach. You're doing great. And you're glad to see you're controlling your attitude. Well, what the hell do you mean controlling my attitude? Blah blah blah. And and the whole concept of the salad bar fight. Was that, was that was that coach like slammed his tray down there and like his salad bowl kind of fell over right it wasn't like and I, I'll never forget I'll never forget this Matt because Dale Hansen had me on that night and I said well they were throwing lettuce and slipping on croutons and ranch was everywhere I, ne- I'll, I said I said that on Channel Eight that night and the Hansen's just laughing but but no they weren't they weren't throwing lettuce and tomatoes and croutons at each other it's just a little food spilled <laughs> over and it became known as the salad bar food fight right so yeah yeah i you were out of town at one point or something or you were headed out there and i got sent in to ask him something about that tim knight whatever he was sell they were selling texas tech gear out in at Indiana, like on the Indiana right. campus or something, sure, and yeah, and that. something came up about that. There was some story, and maybe you were still out in Lubbock or something. And I had to go over to Eddie Dean, same place you were talking about, and and that was my only like interaction with him ever was to basically ask him about his sons, this this somewhat 
you know, slight scandal that was happening or something. And that was great. And, of course, Myers, as always, was kind of the gatekeeper. Well, Matt, here he is. If you want to ask him, I, I think Gerald secretly kind of just smiled and enjoyed watching these things happen. Um, and he was he was in that role of bringing, like, Gene, you know, Gene Hackman in Hoosiers, right? His buddy that brought him to, to coach um, after he'd run into whatever kind of trouble, that was Gerald for, for Bob. I mean, they were great longtime friends, great friendship. And he was going to give Bob one last chance, um, and uh, and and so um, Gerald and and then uh, yeah, all these characters are so interesting because occasionally I still see something from like Kent Hans, and I have to go wait now. Who who hates Kent Hans? I know Leach does. Did Bob hate Kent? Like I, <laughs> that's right. You have to go cross reference your flip card. Yes. <laughs> Which one hates Kent Hans? Well, a lot of people probably, but Kent Kent's a fairly nice guy. It's just kind of interesting how all that stuff happens, all the politics. Well, listen, it was fun to visit with you. I just thought about you, and I even saw you in that video where Bob like had almost fell off the stage and he threw a chair yep. and he had a funny line about didn't, didn't it didn't go that far or whatever cuz obviously the famous chair incident that he was involved with and there you were there was there Brian was Davis free, kind of standing up well yeah in case he fell over backwards uh-huh you were going to kind of go up there and catch Bob and uh and yeah he just i mean wow what a fascinating character and, and no matter what you thought of him, one of the greatest coaches ever in any sport. Without a doubt. From a Without winning a standpoint and all of that. Um, but, uh, Brian, I appreciate it. And um, I'll try to figure out other ways I can get you on, all right? Uh, I don't well, want to. I, 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 yeah. Listen, it, listen, when you're ready to devote a, a great chunk of, of your afternoon sports talk time to talking about new legislation and, and tenure and, and uh, you know, any sort of bills that are coming out of the house uh, under the rotunda there i'm happy to come on here and and, and ruin your ratings <laughs> i do enough of that on my own okay i don't need help i don't need help with that <laughs> thank you thank you brian appreciate it you bet brian davis my old friend from the dallas morning news days who works for the university of texas now in their president's office and heads up their crisis management and all of that Always funny, Aaron, when people, reporters are asked to, they've been trained to cause crisis, right? <laughs> and now he's like, maybe that, maybe we're the perfect people to understand how to clean it up because we're the ones usually kind of making a mess and that kind of thing.